You know, it, it's funny, but it's not funny. I never thought I would see the day where Christopher Columbus statues were falling down. Um, I envision things like maybe Robert E. Lee. I get it. You know, you're part of the South. Those probably should come down. The Confederate flag ban. Way to go, NASCAR. Um, I I also never thought I'd see the day that those would disappear. I'm pretty happy in that one. I also never thought I'd see the day where Teddy Roosevelt statues were pulled down, where George Washington statues were pulled down. I'm a little conflicted now. I don't know what to think. I don't. Heroes of American history are now no longer heroes. <gasps> oh my God. Can you imagine your favorite comic book or story? Batman without the story? Oh, this sucks. So do we remove people or do we not? That's the question today. And we're going to get into this deep and I'm going to ask you to open your mind and think. Remember, stay informed, have an open mind going into this, but we're going to see, should we remove American heroes from history completely? Let's do this. Get it going. If you're a full-bodied American right now, which I presume most of you are, uh, you're passionate, you're patriotic, you know, no matter if you were born in a different country and you're here or you were born here, the point is you probably believe America is one of the best countries in the world, if not the best country, right? And of course, we have data and evidence to prove that. This is not just a President Trump statement making. Uh, President Obama could easily have made this statement and people around the world would have believed it. So reality is we know America is great, right? However, we don't want to fall victim to the demise of Rome where we think we're amazing and then we just self-implode because we have never taken the corrective actions, right? So today, you know, June 22nd, if we look back at the movement that's happening and we're starting to see things unravel, we're starting to see statues fall. And if you followed the news lately, you're seeing them go down right and left, right? California finally is taking the Christopher Columbus statue out of the rotunda underneath it, moving it. We've had protesters pull things down from Robert E. Lee, which obvious with Confederate stuff, I could see the link a bit more in that one. Uh, we've even seen Ulysses S. Grant, which is a shock for most people, except for the fact that at one point in his life, he actually did own a slave, one singular, still you own a slave, so it's kind of tough in that one. So we're seeing people fall right and left, right? And most people are approving of it. Here's the one I really want to champion. Well, I don't want to say champion, but I want to champion the thought of it because I'm definitely conflicted and by no means am I different than you just because I'm doing a podcast doesn't mean I think differently. No, I think I wrestle with the same things that you all do. So let's look at the fact of George Washington, okay? But before George Washington, let's look at why we even have statues, right? Why do we have, why do we idolize people? And let's be clear, this is not an American thing, okay? This is a world thing. You go around the world, you will see statues everywhere. Uh, country land of Scotland for me, and that one, there are tons of statues there. France, England, India, you name it. There are statues of famous people. Why? Because for the most part, they help society move forward, right? They're, they are a reminder of the past that people connect with in that one. So basically, they're heroes. Let's be honest in that one. And a hero really is defined, when we look at it, plainly, is someone who displays courage and self-sacrifice for the greater good, okay? Boom, Webster Dictionary, quote off that one. Thank you, Webster. Isn't that it, right? That's a hero. That is someone who literally is going to give for the greater good in self-sacrifice and in many different ways. So their life is not always easy. It, it can be difficult. So they're a hero, so we immortalize them, right? Um, if you're religious, it's kind of tough because you, it's kind of like it's 
Id, it's not idol worship, but you definitely glorify the person. Okay, so we're all we're all good on that. That's why we have statues. Uh, that's why if you go to any major stadium, you'll probably see <laughs> some type of statue out immortalizing people and glorifying them in that one. So that leads us back to then our founding fathers. But before that, remember, Declaration does say uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, sorry, women, you were put in that one because yeah, well. Welcome to history. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, so we see here that all men are created equal, but unfortunately in our founding and through many early years, um, that only went so far as we thought, you know, certain people were in that one. But moving on now, because if not, I ramble on. I want to get to the point here. George Washington, G-Dub, the first one, the one that is iconic in American history. We would all definitely say General Washington is that figure in American history that rouses us all together. And from any biography, autobiography uh, off of other people that have written about him have said, you know, he was at times a bit more of a modest man. He was not looking for this type of fame, even when he was asked to be president again. You know, he was very concerned for things. So this was not a man that was typically wanted this type of fame. Um, very modest in that sense, if you will, from it. But here's the thing. Uh Despite having been, and this is straight from mountainvernon.org, so this is a good source to look at and use. I mean, this is a state, and if you've ever been there, uh, it's a lovely place to visit in terms of historical ramifications, and it's just a great wealth of knowledge. But despite having been an active slaveholder for 56 years, G-Dub struggled with the institution of slavery and spoke frequently of his desire to end the practice. At the end of his life, G-Dub did make the decision to free all his slaves in his 1799 will, the only slaveholding founding father to do so. Wow. Kudos to you in that one, G-Dub, for releasing your slaves. But wait a second. That means that at some point you had slaves in your life, right? Yes. Uh, George Washington did become a slave owner at the age of 11. So they, read this. We'll, we'll listen for a sec. When G-Dub's father, um, Augustine, died in 1743, G-Dub became a slave owner at 11. In his will, Augustine left his son the 280-acre family farm near Fredericksburg, Virginia, and in addition, Washington was willed 10 slaves. So as a young adult, he purchased at least eight more slaves, including a carpenter named Kip. Uh, Washington purchased more enslaved people in 1755, including four men, two women, and a child. Whoa. Okay, so in his early years when he's running an estate, we realize it's a lot of work to run an estate, a massive acreage, you need help. So what do you do? You buy slaves, right? Wow. That seems interesting in history that that's what you de facto resort to. Okay. Uh, number two here. So at the time of G-Dub's death, Mount Vernon enslaved population consisted of right about 317 different people. Okay. Um, here's a little fun fact here for it, though. A little less than half, though, so about 123 of them, were owned by George Washington himself. The other 153 or so at Mount Vernon were slaves from Custis Estate, which was Martha Washington's first husband, Daniel Park Custis. And because he died without a will in 1757, uh, she did receive a life interest in the estate, including the slaves. So neither George nor Wash or, or his wife, Martha, uh, could free these slaves by law. And upon Martha's death, these individuals resorted... This, this is absolutely horrible. Resorted, reverted back to the Custis estate and were divided among her grandchildren. So for God's sake, even the slaves, when Martha and G-Dub were gone, still couldn't get their freaking freedom. They had to be divided amongst other 
grandchildren. So the wealth keeps passing because that's really what a slave was at the time. It was a form of wealth for people. They use it at that. So it was like you giving, leaving in a state for your grandkids when you die. It was the same thing. And that boggles my mind how that could even be. That it just That's crazy to think. Um, so we do know that George Washington, when he didn't marry Martha Custis, because she was a lot more affluent in terms of everything she had, uh, he did definitely increase in terms of the amount of enslaved people that he had at Mount Vernon. Um, this is where, you know, I, I start getting into that. So now we have evidence that we know George Washington and what he did for America, but we also have evidence of what he did, though, as well before he really became, quote, what we would say the founding father. So we have evidence of both on the side now. So now we have for and against. Now we're really toyed here. Um, for I thought was an interesting one. So they're talking about the physical and psychological violence underpinned in slavery. So they talk about that slave owners administered punishments to control their workforce. Uh, in his later years, it does say that G-Dub believed that harsh and indiscriminate punishments could backfire, though, and urged overseers to motivate workers with encouragement and rewards. But still, he did approve of, quote, corrective methods uh, if things failed. So Mount Vernon's enslaved people endured a range of punishments depending on just the alleged offense. So, wow. Okay, so basically we're talking about physical violence in this one, too, in order to get people to do work. So part of you is like, well, that's great that he championed for a lesser, but you still were punishing people, and these people were still enslaved, right? Um, and as I keep reading down, I keep, I keep looking at it, um, runaway attempts from his slaves and going back and getting them. Um, it's really honestly depressing and it's tough for me to wrestle with and read because again, as a full blooded American that's excited about our history being the greatest place in the history of the world, what we're finding is our cobwebs are very endowed and very in depth in our history. So we're painting a rosy picture, but underneath it, is nothing but darkness. I have a tough time with that. And I don't know if you do as well. So what I'm really trying to get to after looking at all that stuff and reading it is we're asking the question now, you know, should we be tearing down, taking away important figures in American history like George Washington? And let's be honest, no offense, it's a lot easier to take down Columbus because Leif Erikson, you can make the claim, founded America 500 years plus before Columbus ever got here. And there's been many other mythologies that actually show some evidence for concreteness in it. So that, that can be suspect in there. But in terms of your actual foundation for what we hold dear today, starts with the founding fathers and what was set up. So if that's the case, these people that we really, by all accounts in American history, are heroes, now what happens when your hero is no longer what you thought? Do you still keep that person as a figurehead, as a hero, or do you remove them? Right? Think about it. Is there a vacuum effect? Is there a blowback effect with that? Because if you remove Thomas Jefferson, which also owned, slave, uh, owned slaves, John Adams uh, didn't, for what I know, but a majority of the founding fathers did at some point own slaves, whether to a high amount or low amount. If you remove all those figures, erase them from American history, do you really have anything? You really don't when you think about it. You don't. You, you, you can't erase people from history. Um, I, I've dealt with this a lot in World War II. People, oh, we need to erase Hitler. Uh, and I know this, why? When I was in grad school in London, King's College London, best university in the world, disclaimer there, 
not proven, but just my general two cents on that. Uh, I had a German roommate because I lived on the international dorm room because Americans are internationals. Lovely. That's fine. Um, Marius won't give his last name, but love him. The steamroller. Brilliant, brilliant man uh, in the Navy. Top quality guy. I asked him, you know, how did you learn about World War II? Because I'm con- I'm interested. Because in America, you know, it's very pro. Uh, yes, we come in and we save everyone and look at us and our amazing might. We're just awesome and the world thanks us. How do Germans learn about World War II? Did you ever think about that? As someone who's not German, like, what do you talk about? Do you talk about your massive success in overwhelming countries and taking them over? And then, oh, okay, we also have this genocidal thing, too, that we do. Um, and he was very much along the lines of saying, you know, they do look at it from a military standpoint that it was a successful campaign. And of course it was. You'd, you'd be wrong to say it wasn't in terms of invading countries so quickly with Blitzkrieg and whatnot. But they definitely address the elephant in the room that they are not going to erase Hitler from history, but they are also not going to give him the due credit that he thinks he deserved for what he did in that one. Um, So they're not going to erase him is what they're really saying. They are going to negate him. Absolutely. Because probably one of the top 10 worst people in the history of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And he should be acknowledged for that atrocity that he did inflict on literally hundreds of millions of people. When you add up everyone that died, incredible but they don't erase him, right? So it's this debate within cancel culture then of if you cancel someone, that's fine. If you remove them from history, you remove them from things, that's okay. But if you erase them, are you doing worse than by keeping them, right? Think about that. If we erase George Washington from our history, non-existent, are we then... Is that going to hurt us or is that a benefit for us? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the answer. I wish I did because it would be so easy then. But right now I can see both sides. And that's what I don't want to say it concerns me, but it scares me. Because if you don't have a foundation, if you don't have a credence for why you do what you do, a reasoning, and that's a lot of times linked to past, you don't exist. And that's my fear is that we tear down Rome and we don't know why. Right. If we need to rebuild America, which we do, we need to rebuild it properly. And we know that. But what does rebuilding mean? Does rebuilding mean looking at it differently? Because I'm a believer that if we can showcase George Washington and the transition he made in life, we can show that he was a human like us. He clearly made massive mistakes, atrocious mistakes, in my opinion. Slavery, to me, is one of the worst forms of sin actions you could have in life in terms of what you do. You're not providing people their due course and their freedom that they deserve because they're humans. That's crazy to me. But I'm wrestling with this. I am. And I and I wonder, I want you to think about that. So again, we focus on metacognition in this podcast a lot is thinking why you think and how you think and for what reason. So I want you to really reflect and ask yourself after this, dang, should I be removing those statues? Or do I have to reteach the way I prioritize those statues, right? And how I teach them. Or do I need to remove them altogether and then still teach differently? But I don't know if removing people from history, erasing them, is going to be effective. I don't. We always know history is written by the winners. So maybe it's our chance now to write history from a point of everyone's perspective, 
in that one. And if that's the case, then we need storylines like George Washington to be able to compare contrasts and see the differences and make those inferences, right? So think about it today. This is, this is a big one, guys. This is not an easy one. And I hope you really think and not just succumb to movements of what's happening. Because I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And for once in my career on doing this, I'm stumped. And I hope you have a bit more of an answer than I do. So that way I can hear what you have to say in that one. Excellent. You know, when you like get inspired, I felt like today that's what it was in this podcast for me. Like I'm inspired to not have an answer. That's crazy when you think about it. Right. But that's really the sense of learning and understanding is that it's okay in life to say, you know what? I don't have the answer, but I am going to have the discussion. And that's the difference. Right. And that's what you're going to get to this podcast, because your goal is to be informed, not influenced. Don't be influenced. Be informed, right? Because when you're informed, you make good decisions for everyone, whether they like it or not, you're still doing it with the perspective in mind. So take a second, really reflect on this and spread the word. That's the goal of this podcast too, is not for you to hoard all the knowledge yourself. It is to spread to others. That way we can communally grow and we can all get better. Because could you believe if we lived in an America like that, where we all shared our wealth and knowledge and we weren't just trying to influence each other, right? We weren't trying to bait you to join my cause. We were genuinely trying to educate each other. We would all be better for it and we would live in a stronger America. And then at that point, I really believe we could sit on the label of being the best country in the world because we are doing it correctly from an informative standpoint. Ooh, that was a good one. I'm looking forward to this more as we keep going. Enjoy your day. Remember, stay informed. Always think.